Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 429. My name is Brando. Coming up, we got an interview with the legendary producer, legendary rock producer, Tom Worman, to talk about his book, Turn It Up, My Time Making Hit Records in the Glory Days of Rock Music. He's worked with Molly Crew, Poison, Twisted Sister, Jeff Beck, Cheap Trick, Ted Nugent, and so many others. And just to set the table before we go into the interview, this is one of those episodes where I combine my real radio job with the podcast. So I am actually producing his radio promotional tour. So he's on Zoom. I'm on Zoom. And I'm connecting him to different radio stations across the the country. New Hampshire, uh, Delaware, California, New York, Connecticut. All different states, different radio stations across to different DJs to interview him about his book. And I get my time as well. So speaking of which, all right, Tom, your next interview is with me. Okay. <laughs> and you, you've heard... A lot of the answers. You know, it's funny. Yes, I think about that a lot. You asked, you know, during this whole radio tour, Premier Network's radio tour, do I always hear, like, is it annoying? Is it boring for me? Is it, you know, what if I have an opportunity to interview that person? So a lot of things go through my mind. For one, it's not boring. It's exciting. I love hearing whether they're different stories from you or the same stories because it's the subject matter I like. So even whatever stories we get in our time together i highly recommend people get your book because uh, it's just full of just amazing stories and perspective i uh, turn it up my time in making hit records in the glory days of rock music uh w- w- did you always know you were gonna write a book because i know you i've learned you've been retired for quite some time this kind of just came out of nowhere from a podcast i heard you tell that story it kind of that's how the idea sprouted right well, yes, uh, and there was another thing I, 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 I came across just surfing the Internet. I, I came across this incredibly rude and critical uh, review of me, not of my music, but of me. And I had never met the guy. And I, 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 it just came out of left field. And I contacted the editor of the podcast and I said, can I respond to this, please? And he said, sure. Uh, write us, uh, you know, write us something and we'll, we'll, we'll put it on the blog. Uh, and the readers loved it. And I kind of eviscerated the, the guy who had written the, the, <laughs> the critical review. And they said, would you write more for us? So I wound up writing 18 episodes for this uh, blog called uh, popdose.com. And uh, that became kind of the, you know, the backbone of the book. And then I, I, I would, uh, occasionally I'd, I'd have a memory or, you know, something, something from the past, or I'd hear a song that triggered a thought and, and I would go and write for 10 or 15, maybe 20 minutes. 
and I'd slot it in to the right time period uh, in those 18 episodes, which chronicled my my musical life. Um, and then it turned into um, to a, a book, and I knew there would be I knew that there would be a, a, a healthy number of people out there um, finally at this point in time who were who were interested in classic rock and who would who would be interested in knowing more about how it was made. Um, now we have whole families who listen to this music and uh, we had to get to this point gener- in generations um, before the numbers of people who were into classic rock were big enough for me to write a book. Okay, and speaking of families, you may hear my seventh-month-old cooing in the background. Seven months, wow. Yeah. My my firstborn is 50. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'll, I'll ask you about that, because it's... I want. I'm teaching him to be a rock and roller. I'm trying to. He was born with a natural mohawk, which is great. I've got him, you know, <laughs> yeah. Guns and Roses onesies, Beatle onesies. But I guess what I like to ask when I have somebody as established as you, when you have a career and then you have kids, did your kids know how cool their dad was, or did they think that you were kind of lame? Did you try to influence? As your maybe your your parents influenced you and your music, did you try to be like, hey, you gotta like Motley Crue, you gotta like Cheap Trick, or did they find their own path? They liked it, uh, you know. As teenagers, uh, of course, my daughter uh, transitioned when she was uh, ab- about fifteen into the uh, the nineties, which was less comfortable for me. Uh, but the kids spent time backstage. They got great seats. You know, they had backstage passes. I was definitely cool in that regard, you know. Um, and and as a parent, you know, probably embarrassing to them. But, but yeah, they grew up in this heavy metal kind of glam hairband um, environment. And I had people at my house... Um, from all all walks of of the entertainment uh, business, from D. Snyder and Rick Nielsen and Ted Nugent to John Belushi, and uh, they were very well adjusted as a result of that. Um, the, you know, the, in other words, it 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 did not affect them. They 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 didn't. Uh, they didn't do drugs, and and uh, they, they were uh, civically uh, re- responsible. And they, uh, you know, my daughter was president of her class at North Hollywood High, and uh, homecoming queen. Yeah, I mean, they're they did very well. They have a great set of values, uh, despite my you know my my career okay I'm glad to hear that uh we'll see sometimes my son makes an appearance on the podcast it depends on his mood so maybe i'll have <laughs> him pop in at the uh, at the end of this but i i'm also it, it, it it's funny and i got tickled by the beginning because i i heard one of the responses from one of the stations you answered about how the podcast kick you know a podcast kicked off the the story you just told before it's the idea for the book but the fact that it took a negative response and this i'm like did he deserve that much work for you to be doing for them so do i need to be 
because I've done, this is my 429th episode of this podcast, but I'm a nice guy. Do I need to be mean to start getting people to, you know, more people to come on the podcast and do things for me? So, I don't know. I think it's, it says a lot about you that you took the time to not only respond, but to do work for them, <laughs> essentially. Well, yeah, you have to defend yourself. Um, I mean... You set yourself up for a lot of criticism. I think a lot of bands uh, don't want to give you credit. Um, you know, you're a successful producer and people kind of expect a good product from you. And so your introduction, your pair pairing with the band can take credit away from them in, in you know, certain members of the band can can uh resent that so so uh, you know that's critical and critics review your stuff and you know if one guy doesn't like it and he you know he writes for rolling stone or something uh, it you know it's a personal thing and he can be critical and you you just have to sit there and take it um you no, you do not have to be negative. Okay. All right. Good. Because I, I try to be the one guy in the press that doesn't seek out the negative, but it's hard because I do a, a Guns N' Roses themed podcast. That's how mine is just a little bit different than uh, everyone else's. But people look yeah. for the clickbait titles and to spin things around to want to talk about the debauchery back in the days. So, yeah. But so, so, sometimes these things come up. Uh, so I, with that, I got to ask something that may have been a controversy during your time, because uh, I have a lot of questions from listeners. That's also how I try to separate myself. I want to get them involved. Uh, this is from Michael Collins. Who do you think would have won between Vince and Axel if they actually had that fight? Because you were working heavily with Motley Crue at that time. Or was you, this before? You, you mean a physical fight? A physical fight. They challenged each other. Vince, uh, do you recall that? Vince challenged Axel Rose to a fight, and Axel. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I, I frankly, I, I, I think Vince. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't remember, Vince punched Izzy because Izzy uh, was flirting with his wife. This was at like a VMA awards, and wow. Axel actually agreed to the fight, but in a country that allows fighting to the death. And Vince never responded. Oh. All right, so I guess you never heard of uh, of that story. So yeah. you must get a kick of all these rumors that come out of the artists that you worked with. You know, is there a, a ratio that you can give where, you know, the rumors you've heard versus what's actually the truth in your your career? Well, most, most of that uh, uh, happened around Motley Crue. Um, and I think most of them are are false. Uh, especially this latest one, which has uh, some, um, you know, ghostly uh, studio musician coming in and replacing Nikki's bass parts and, and having him not or or during uh, the time I was with them, uh, there was a rumor that it wasn't really Nikki six, that he had been replaced by this by this guy. Silly stuff. Silly stuff ha happens. Um, I, I I can't recall any any rumors about uh, other other basically controversial acts that 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 could have had rumors about them. But it was all it was all mostly Motley Crue. 
Yeah, it's it's people are kind of jumping on Motley, I guess now because of the whole McMars situation and confusing. Do sure. you, what are your? Because I just had John Five on, awesome guy. I know him and Mick have a great relationship, but do you have a take as as far as is there miscommunication with his illness and needing to retire from the road versus making new music now with John Five instead of Mick, where Mick is obviously making new music by himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he had uh, an explosive uh, single, I think that I that I heard online, uh, really good. Um, Mick was a, a, a heavily underrated. I'm not familiar with John Five, um, but Mick was uh, the best of the four. Really, he and Tommy were the best. Um, and the easiest to work with in the studio, the most cooperative, the uh, the most talented, uh, uh, you know. Um, I enjoyed Mick. He was my favorite. And we were both, he was older. So he, I think he kind of, it was easier for him to relate to me. Um, but yeah, I feel bad. I, I feel bad for the guy. I think, um, you know, I tend to believe his side mm. uh, of, of this conflict. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I got to ask because something you kept saying throughout the the interview you, you, interviews you've been doing throughout the morning that I've been able to. Have, it, it's a privilege because it's like I get to hear these stories over and over again. But it's funny yeah. when everyone asks about Ted Nugent, you were right. like, "No politics." Right. I'm curious. Do you think he's because I I respect him so much as a musician, but one time I was offered free tickets to one of his shows, yeah. and I didn't go because I knew it wasn't going to be about the music. He was going to be on stage promoting whatever politics he was. And that's my friend who went to that was half the show. Do you oh, think, really? do you think he's yeah. ruining or, or maybe altering his legacy as a musician with just how outspoken he's become? And we're not focusing on cat scratch fever and just the, the great musician well, that he is. I do. I, I, I do. I do think that, um, you know, Ted knows that I'm a registered Democrat, <laughs> and 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 that doesn't matter to him. Um, we we actually still uh, communicate, and he sends me he sends me new music that that he's done. Um, I I I just think you know many of my friends say how how can you even talk to that guy, uh, and I understand that. I understand that. I think that he is obviously he's very outspoken. He's very bright. I don't understand how he um, got to his position politically. I I, I just don't get it. Um, but I uh, he said he has said some things that are for you know for me just just plain un- unacceptable. Um, but we don't we don't really talk about it that much. Um, he introduced me to uh, to firearms. He uh, he introduced he he talked to me about how, uh, you know, certain um, animal rights organizations don't quite understand the, the whole hunting thing and how you thin the herd and 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 keep the uh, the deer from starving from you know from and, and and dying from the cold and um you know 
he uh, did when when we first met. He sh- he did introduce me to alternative uh, um, perceptions, alternative attitudes, um, which I think was healthy. Um, but yes, to your question, I do think that that his uh, musician his musical career will be heavily overshadowed by his his uh, political pronouncements. And I'm, I am as neutral as Swedish as you can get as far as like beliefs. It's just when somebody tries to be divisive, and even if it's somebody who I kind of align myself with, uh, more bl- yeah. beliefs. But it's uh, it's not, I don't know, time and place for everything. But yeah. uh, I, I I guess. But I I, I digress. Uh, I I want to ask because obviously Guns N' Roses theme podcast, and I found it so fascinating because no one has anything ever negative to say about Duff McKagan. But you had a you had a negative experience, and I want to give a credit to uh, um, uh, a fellow podcaster of mine because I heard his interview with you, Chuck Shoot, and he yeah. kind of he kind of asked what I was would have been thinking. Like, was he on drugs at the time? Was he drunk? And the fact that like he's never it still bothers you to this day, and yeah. you expect him to remember it because it happened so often. Is that something oh. that do you, whether it's from Duff or anybody else, do you expect any apologies coming out of this book? Oh God, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't imagine he, he he would read it. I, I you know I don't assume that any that you know that any particular person any 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 single person would definitely read the book. But I, I'm not bothered by it. Uh, as I'm not bothered by D. Snyder, um, I'm puzzled. You know, I'll, I'll always be curious about why why this happened, especially uh, McKagan. I mean, the guy went nuts, um, and, and and you know um, he, that, that that night when I believe he may have been intoxicated, uh, you know, and he threatened he threatened me, which was hilarious. I mean, you know, the guy was 30 years younger or whatever. I, I don't know, 20 years, you know, and, and he must be six, one or two. And and here here I am, you know, I was like 50 and uh, it's it just ridiculous. He took every opportunity he could to badmouth me. And this was never... over because this is at the time you were considering producing Appetite for Destruction and I, I, he misinterpreted or whatever it was you were holding your ears not like you disliked the yeah. music but it was just kind of it loud was, <laughs> it was not kind of loud it was ear and and you knew it was ear splitting anyway because i asked him where the singer was and he said well he doesn't rehearse with us because he can't hear hear himself i mean come on that's loud and it was a tiny room and I did say, uh, listen, it would make more sense for me to come back at a different time when your uh, singer was here, because I can't really, um, you know, evaluate a song without a lyric or a melody, you know. And uh, he reported to a magazine, which I read after that, that I uh, put my hands over my ears, said, oh, fuck, and walked out. I mean, complete fiction. It just wasn't true at all. And I said, why is this guy trying to slam me? And and then it continued. Uh, there were two or three more times 
you know, when when he did this uh, to me uh, in person, not to me in person, but you know, when when I was present, uh, you know, he he would he would say these things. I asked him why he made that up, and he got, you know, that's when he threatened me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know I know the guy is basically intelligent. You know, he was a decent musician. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one last quick question before we go on yes. to the next station, because I still have a job to do, I suppose, because uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia next. Isn't this cool that I was like, we go to Atlanta, we go to Chicago, we go to Nashville. It's it's fun. I, I like this insider radio, insider baseball kind of thing. But how many how many more are there after me? We are going to go to, uh, where are we going to, like I said, Philly? And then we got to meet later on this afternoon to talk right. to my friend Meltdown at uh, in yeah. Detroit, WRIF. Uh, quick question. Did you get to ask Slash then? Because you were considering, you were being considered to produce his solo record that came out in 2010. Did that conversation come up? or And if not, just a fun uh, story from that time. I didn't realize that he waited until 2010 because because we met in about 1998 or 97. Um, I was asked to his house. Uh, I went there. Uh, we had a meeting. I remember he showed me his snake collection, which was incredibly memorable. <laughs> and and, uh, and then he decided, I guess, to work with somebody else. But I thought he made an album then. Um, I, I, I guess I... I it wasn't I was, for the... Uh, the, the Maybe I'm thinking of something different. It wasn't for the Snake Pit record, or was it for the the album with all the singers? That could be, yeah. It was an album that that was he definitely was about to make, and that was before uh, the the okay. 1989. Yeah. Okay, so I I misunderstood. It's for the uh, Slash the Snake Pit uh, records, which is uh-huh. those were good yeah. records. What what yeah. a Let's maybe I'll pretend what it would sound like with you. Anyway, Tom, thank you for your time with me. Now we have to go on to the next station, and I hope we get to talk again more extensively. You're very welcome. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Certainly could have kept going with Tom, but I I encourage you to get his book and, and not just get all the stories spoiled on, on podcast because it's a, it's a fun read. I got the one of the advanced copies, the digital copies, and, and, and went through it. And not a lot of GNR stuff in there, but... You know, what we spoke about is in there. Um, but, of course, a lot about the crew, a lot about Ted Nugent. And I, I kind of want to piggyback on what we were talking about with Ted Nugent because I think it's important to bring up now based upon something that happened on Twitter X. As I always mention, the conversation continues in between the broadcasts on social media. So Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, uh, follow me at the AFD podcast. That's the first and foremost thing. So first of all, whether you like Ted Nugent's beliefs or not, that's fine by me. You know that I I have my own decision where I felt, you know, if I go to his show, I'm not going to be able to, you know, just sit and watch Strangled Hold and and Cat Scratch Fever. He's going to go off about his beliefs and uh, very angrily. It's kind of the same thing with Stained and Aaron Lewis right now. He's a little bit more of a soci- sociopath with spelling out certain things spelling out sentences with dead coyotes i think that's a little that's pretty fucking sick but like the conversation that tom said he had with ted where even though i'm not a hunter i can understand the logic of thinning their herd for the betterment of the group 
where you know animals starving uh detriment to the land i can understand that i'm not going to do it i'm not going to pick up the gun and kill the animal but if you want to do it i'm not going to stop you uh so if you like ted nugent's beliefs please it's i'm not i'm not judging you there so that's kind of what i want to get to here because i the only beliefs i share here for real are guns and roses beliefs and even then if you don't like chinese democracy okay don't like it i do you don't like absurd okay i do you like the general okay i don't <laughs> i don't i mean i again i should still wait for the the official release of the general but right now i i, I don't like it but if you do that's fine whatever man or woman or whatever you want it doesn't it doesn't matter so i i need to make an example uh of this person and i'm not gonna call them out by name or twitter handle because then people can assume bullying or whatever but but it's up there on my ex if you want to read it for entertainment purposes and i I also want to display the the larger purpose of this podcast which is just to come together to talk about guns and roses rock and roll mental health this is a i know this this term has kind of been given a, a bad connotation but a safe space oh safe space or a fun space a fun zone whatever it is this is an, an escape from life this podcast was birthed out of my depression me trying to save my own life and, and trying to get, find myself purpose now i have a, a family so that's kind of what this is i've had p- people message me because of you sharing your journey i'm now sober uh, it's helped me through some tough times and, and escape from the bad day you know just for an hour or a half an hour or whatever it is that's what this place is but there are just some people that are just so negative and hate-filled i can't deal with it and i'm not going to deal with it I'll, I'll i'll stand up for myself and that's about it and then you go live your life so i had simply put on twitter x whatever that i believe it's become more of a cesspool of conspiracy theories and hate but honestly, that's much of social media. That's the internet. That's sadly also real life that, that's out there. However, like in real life, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm going to ignore the things that I don't enjoy, focus on the things that I do, like guns and effing roses. How much more neutral of a sentence? I didn't say what party uh, or what conspiracy theories I, I'm referring to. None of that. But this one person decided in his brain what that meant to him. And I am familiar with this person, even though they don't follow me. Because for years, just like many of you, um, I can either become familiar with your name, especially if it's on Facebook, or your Twitter handle, or your MyGNR avatar, whatever it is. Because if we've had many interactions over the years, I know I've burned a lot of brain cells with legal marijuana. But I, I remember many of you. <laughs> so this person right away wrote, please don't be a leftist. That's pretty much the worst thing a person could be at this point. Worse than a, a, a pedophile? Okay. Uh, Twitter X is by far the best social network. Or the less worst, if you will. I won't will because less worst 
is not proper English. Uh, so if uh, I recommend you stop attacking this place, or uh, if you do, well, the logical thing is to get out of here. I just think that's so weird to defend a social media platform like it's your mom or your friend. Like, you don't like it? Or like, you know, it's like a whole country thing. If you don't like where you're from, get out of here. Go back to where you came from. Go back to MySpace. First of all, they're all the same in my view. I see the same kind of vitriol on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. However, on all of those, I've seen the same kind of cat videos Guns N' Roses news. Just fun things. You know, connecting with friends, jokes. So it's kind of what you look for. But in my experience lately uh, with, with Twitter, I just see more things in my feed that I'm not looking for. I, I, I hit mute a lot. And it's not muting myself from different thoughts and, and different belief systems. It's when people are divisive. Hey, I'm right. They're wrong. I'm good. You're bad. That stuff bothers me because most of the time it's not that. There's so many nuances to beliefs uh, that it's just never that simple that you can respond in 140 characters or more if you pay for it, which I will never pay for Twitter. So I had to just say in a very, what I think, calm demeanor but stern, I am a nothingist. Categorizing belief systems is not for me. So I recommend you don't assume you know me. And that's true. I say I'm Jewish. I was raised Jewish. If you need, you know, need to know. I know I was bar mitzvah and all that. But I'm not a religious person. If you're religious, that's cool. I have very religious friends. Jewish, Catholic, Christian, other, other beliefs. I mean, what do I know more than you? I, I think as humans, it's the unanswerable. <laughs> how can anyone really know the unanswerable? That's how I, I look at things, right? Um, but people of faith, I, I respect it. I, I'm just more of a, a therapy person. I had to go to therapy. I, I couldn't find help through where well, I have friends who have turned their life around by finding God or religion. And I think that's fantastic, especially if it's helped them get over drug abuse uh, anything that I think can help you be a good person. Whatever it is. Who cares? My route was therapy. If your route is something else, okay. As long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, it's all gravy to me. So he goes, hey, I'm not assuming anything. He did. <laughs> he, he did, by the way, that I'm a lefty. If you need to know, which it doesn't matter, which I will never go on a rant about political beliefs. This is just more of a rant of my, the neutralness of this, if that's a word, podcast, where I, like how I said to Tom, I'm, I try to be a, a good guy here and, and not put pressure on the people I interview and put them in a weird space to answer things that make them uncomfortable. I just want to be down the middle and let's have a good time. Uh, so, he, I, hey, I'm not assuming anything. You did. But if you need to know, because I want to vote for the president of the United States as an adult. You have to register as something. I have no party. So I can't vote in primaries, which is stupid. So I, I, I don't want to associate with either of them. 
that's just not that's not for me it's not I have friends in both parties <laughs> I have friends in no parties I have friends in other parties it uh, it doesn't matter to me uh, I'm who I am when we can talk about other th- we talk about guns and roses man uh, <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about that's the uh, uh, guns and roses and mental health that those are the two focuses of this podcast so he goes I'm not assuming anything which he did but if you're not any kind of ist perhaps you there's that word perhaps uh, you shouldn't post stuff against the less worst which again doesn't make sense and more free more free uh, social network it is X so X is the most free social network according to him me it's the same I see the same stuff in all of them and I don't think this is any better or worse than other than the layout. I just happen to like the layout of X or Twitter more. And I feel like you can post more without it being so invasive to other people's timelines. So I like Twitter in that regard more. I'm not forced to post a picture. Um, like obviously that's what Instagram is all about. Facebook, sometimes the algorithms are weird. I'm just learning now that I shouldn't have been posting links to my episodes <laughs> in the in my statuses uh, because that that pushes the your, the algorithm down because they might assume you're spam or that you're you're routing them outside of Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm 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 you know having people go to YouTube or iHeartRadio to listen to my podcast. The whole point of my page. So Facebook can be frustrating. Whatever they all have their good and bad. So. He's like, uh, just saying, keep it about the music and the band. Don't ruin your account. And if you don't like this place, just go. Like, it's like the Wild West. Get out of here. You don't like this? Get out of here. Go back to where you came from. Like, whoa, it's so weird. This guy is so weird. So I'm not getting nasty. I said, if you don't, you don't follow me. This person, that's the best part. This person doesn't follow me, but I recognize the name because for years this person has always interacted with me. And I don't block people unless they are nasty. It's true. Unless they are nasty, share whatever opinion you want. If you want to put your your uh, idiocy on display for everyone else to see, that's on you. Uh, I, it doesn't bother me. So like I said, you don't follow me. My account is none of your concern. <laughs> right? Very matter of fact. It doesn't matter. If you don't like X, just leave. Do the logical thing and not the democratic lefty thin. Again, I am nothing. I am not left. I am not right. But assuming, I guess because I'm not totally aligned with this person, I must be the opposite of what he is. Because that's the logical, that's the logical thing. <laughs> he said, do the logical thing while he's speaking illogically. That's, that's what I, I was dealing with. So I had to flat out say, you are an example of exactly what I was talking about in the original post. Either follow me or just stop commenting on my shit. Just ignore me. If you don't like what I'm talking about, ignore me. If you don't like X, don't use it. Other users also wrote you about it. Leave your democratic lefty thoughts out of your GNR account. What other users? I might have had like one or two I really don't block a lot of people I really don't I've been very fortunate because I'm somebody who's really self-conscious in 
even when it's just some of my stupid jokes, are people going to unfollow me? Am I unfunny? I, all these things go through my head. So I am so grateful that I have a nice base uh, of, of listeners of this podcast and people who follow me on my respective different platforms. I'm, I'm grateful for it. And 99% of the, percent of the people that I interact with are you, just awesome people. And you may not... Uh, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Leon Zanman. And this is the kind of uh, perfect... Perfect disagreement that you can have on this podcast. That he, we were talking about the demo crazy with uh, Chester and Slash, and he's like, I like the the Motorhead, the Lemmy version better. Okay, that's that's great. I happen, you know what? I happen to like Chester's version better. Uh, I know that sacrilege. Motor uh, Lemmy is God. He will always be God. Motorheads, you know, love them, but Chester's voice, his lyrics. They always meant something else to me. That's just my personal opinion. And he's like, okay, well, you also like Chinese democracy. Ha, ha, ha. Just kidding. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. You know, I, I laughed at that too. That's it. You don't have to like Chinese democracy. I, I, it, it doesn't bother me. It, it's just we agree to disagree, and he's still a follower of mine, and we get along. I, I, he came on the podcast once for one of the fan obsessions. And he's, just like many of you, are invited back. We don't have to be aligned with all of our Guns N' Roses beliefs. <laughs> and that's the kind of the same thing that goes with life. We don't have to align. That's not, that's not how it works. Even if you, the person you love and you marry, do you agree on everything? No. No, you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what makes it crazy. Uh, so... I don't even, again, this person's trying to make it up like he's uh, he's representing a larger group. Other users are saying this about you. No, no, bro. They're not. Uh, so I had to just flat out say, I'm not left. I'm not right, but it doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't know you, but every interaction with you, you come off as a complete buffoon. I usually don't like going down to the, the name calling thing because what's the point? But this person, after many years, I'm like, you need to be put in your place. This person is just completely delusional. I, I weep if they have children that's just going to grow up being a very tunnel vision person. I'm not going to have baby Brownstone grow up to be that. He's going to be accepting of, of all beliefs. He'll have his own, for sure. But I'm not going to force mine on him. Uh, that's just hopefully he doesn't have kids. So, like I said, you're a complete buffoon, and you've lost the privilege to follow me. And I waited before I blocked him because I wanted him to see it. Never followed you. That's not a privilege. Wake up. No, it is a privilege. Everything that we're doing right now, talking on X, Twitter, this podcast, is a privilege. Because we can live in a country where we don't have free speech on my podcast, on social media. We can live somewhere else. So this is all privilege. It is a privilege to have you listen to me. I'm honored to have you listen to me. It is a privilege to have Tom Worman on this podcast. It is a privilege. Uh, but that's, he doesn't, this is what, how a narcissist responds. You can keep the whole name calling. You obviously didn't learn how to keep a conversation going without insulting. And if, if you don't remember, that's how the conversation began with him insulting a group of people. If you are a lefty, that's fine. If you are a righty, it's fine. But I think it's just if you consider one side evil, there are extremists 
on every side, yeah, but that doesn't represent the majority. So, but this is just somebody who wants to pick a fight. And this is the best, in all caps. Typical hidden lefty Democrat. Typical, by the way, spelt T-I-P-I-C-A-L. That's not how you spell typical, buddy. There's a Y in there. So, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe this person is just not that educated. Maybe this is somebody with a learning disability, and I should be more sympathetic, but... It is what it is. Uh, but that won't distract me slash us. So us. This is the person that this is the person that thinks he's part of a group. He thinks he's the William Wallace of Twitter. Here to defend it. Here to defend the honor of Elon Musk. Keep it about music, pal. I mean, my original post was about music. I said I'm going to focus on Guns N' Roses. So that's when I just wrote, Silly Boy, Blocked. That's it. And that was it. I wanted to retweet it to put it on display because all but that one guy loved my post about Twitter X. Some of you saying you would have left X if it wasn't for my posts and, my, and what I tweet. And that means so much to me. If it wasn't for this podcast, I'd be gone too. If it wasn't for me being able to talk to all of you, I'd be gone too. There's no point. There's no point in this in this stage of my life, there really isn't a point for me to have social media other than appetite for distortion. There's no point, but I stay on for you. So I had a, I, I retweeted that misspelled uh, typical uh, post from him for all of you to see. And I wrote, finally block this clown. Perfect example of what my previous post was about. Assuming things about people just because they don't align with your beliefs. Creating enemies, this us versus them mentality, it's a sickness. It is a sickness, man. Uh, that said, all beliefs are welcome here. And that is the truth. I've said that since the beginning. We meet here. Whatever you believe, wherever you're from, wherever you're from, whatever language you speak, whatever your orientation is, Come on, Appetite for Distortion. We talk about Guns N' Roses. And then there, we could talk about, oh, did you like User Illusion 1 better? Did you like User Illusion 2 better? And even then, I'm not going to put you down. Because there were some GNR forums that would put you down if you had a negative, uh, you know. Because even though that happens with me, I'll, people like bash, oh, Axel doesn't sound that great. If you want to share that opinion, fine. You could do that. I'm not going to silence anyone's opinion unless it gets nasty like this person and that is perfectly summed up this interaction uh by uh, a very nice listener and i recognize his person's name and who actually does follow me I'll give you a shout out uh scott van sickle and he goes that was a fun read into dementia <laughs> right like that's insane that's insane this person was having an argument with himself and it's kind of like that meme of, of the girl yelling and the cat's just sitting there. That's what it's like. Or you may have seen I posted something similar where it's a, uh, a screenshot from the Don't Cry video where Slash is in the car and the girl's yelling at him and Slash is just driving with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, which is kind of like the original meme, the original version of that, that, uh, <laughs> that, that cat yelling woman meme. That's kind of what this was. I'm like, bro, just calm down, man. 
And again, if you don't like me for whatever reason, don't follow me. Don't respond to my stuff. Go on with your day. It's no skin off my back. I'm not going to lose any sponsors because I don't have any sponsors. <laughs> now I'm just sad. But it, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter to me. And I'm, he- I'm not here on a soapbox telling you my beliefs. I'm not. I, I tell you my opinions on things uh, primarily with having to do with Guns N' Roses. And that's it. You don't even have you don't have to agree with me. Most people, most Guns N' Roses fans don't like absurd. I like it. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force you to like absurd. I happen to think it's fun. Uh, like with the general, I, I want to really wait until the official release. And there are people who really like the song now and in, in the live version. It gives me no pleasure to say I, I don't like it. I'm hoping that the recorded version is something that will really change my mind because I want to like it, but I, I don't. And I think that's okay. That's okay for me not to like something. I don't have to like everything that Guns N' Roses does. That doesn't make me not a Guns N' Roses fan, right? Because there used to be those Guns N' Roses fan sites that if you didn't like everything that they did or do, you're not a fan. Or, look, if you're still clamoring for Izzy to come back, good for you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But I'm not going to tell you to stop believing. Keep believing, buddy. Don't stop believing. So I, I, I wanted to share that based upon the whole Ted Nugent conversation. Because if you like Ted Nugent, uh, his beliefs, what he has to say, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you not to believe, uh, not to not to like it. It's just not for me. And I'll tell you what. If Axel, even though his beliefs are the same way, but if he was on, because like how Ted's always on Fox News, if Axel was always on CNN and he was always saying, these people are, you know, the other side is stupid. The other side is evil. And even though I, I perhaps may agree align more with his beliefs more than Ted Nugent's, I probably would get annoyed too. I would get annoyed too. And... Much like Ted and Axel, you're allowed to share your opinions. It's just, I think, I've just dealt with so much anger and divisiveness in my own life, my own personal life, that I just don't want to deal with it in other parts of my life that don't affect me. It's, I want to focus on on me, on Baby Brownstone, my family, my job. So that's, and, and then this podcast, which is just a, a nice break from it all. So, anyway, uh, I don't know if you want to call this a, a get-in-the-ring segment, calling people out, but I'm, I'm not going to fight the guy. <laughs> and I asked him, I kind of asked him to get in this uh, verbal ring, in this battle of wits, and he apparently came unprepared. It's just some people you can't help. Uh, so, goodbye, dude. You'll never be able to comment on any of my shit again, and you can't enjoy uh, the AFD podcast on X any, anymore. So goodbye. (laughs) Anywho, that's it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Next episode, we're going to have two awesome listeners that are on this podcast. Chris Passmore and his son, Cooper, nine years old. And I I thought about initially putting it on this episode to have it be the second half. But I think I'm going to do, especially if it's going to be an episode because I already recorded it so I know how it went. Where I'm going to make an episode just for you. For you to share. So if, 
uh, a fan obsession episode. It's a fan obsession. Uh, I'm going to make it about you. So he, you may have read it in Loudwire. He put it on a Reddit post where they're from Boston. They flew down to Florida for the Hollywood Bowl show. And it's just a great story how they ended up becoming friendly with GNR management, with Vanessa and Betta. And Cooper was allowed to watch some of the show because they were in the, the pit, the VIP pit. They were up against the kind of the railing. And we got some video that you'll be able to watch if you watch it on, uh, on YouTube of Geo, their, uh, the big security guard, picking him up over the railing and bringing him around to Beta, walking him up on the stage. And he's just watching side stage a lot of songs. He was able to go into Axel's dressing room. Just a really awesome story about what Guns N' Roses management can do for the fans. And, and just an awesome experience with this young rocker. So I, I would love, I love stories like that. And we're going to do more of, of that, the fan obsession. So that'll be the next episode. It's going to be fun. None of this negative bullshit that came out. I mean, the Tom interview wasn't that negative, but I needed to get this out. My God. Anyway, and also a reminder, if you have already listened to the uh, Big Chris Flores episode with Crazy, I encourage you to listen again, specifically on YouTube, because I would like to give a significant portion of the proceeds of the streams, and YouTube doesn't give me much, to Rock to Recovery. I, w- I want to do that, because I was given the privilege to share this this lost demo of, of, of Chester and Slash. And I want to do something good with it. Not just get more followers and get my name out there more. I want to do something with it. So uh, let's, do, let's do something. Okay? So if you've li- listened to it a bunch of times. So YouTube. Uh, and I also did put the song up with a, a clip. A story of, uh, of Chris giving the story behind Crazy. Uh, on Facebook and my Facebook is monetized still is not that much so if you see the video on Facebook as well watch it a few times get me some streams there so I can uh, donate to charity okay so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion when will you see the next one in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy I don't know if soon is the word but you'll see security, I'm going home.